Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The title of my word this morning is, Who is Jesus? See, the Bible tells us that we are not we're going to be, but we are ambassadors of Christ. When you get saved, you automatically become an ambassador, which is a representative of Jesus. We represent him on this earth. So to represent him, we've got to know him. We've got to know him to represent him accurately. That's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. But let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. This will help us. This is what an ambassador does. They walk by faith. And not by sight. They hear God. And they head that direction. No matter what it looks like. They walk by faith. And not by sight. Jesus walked by faith. And not by sight. So to be an ambassador. I have to walk by faith. And not by sight. That's going to require stepping out of my comfort zone. Everybody that come forth because they got a dream, they want a dream, guess what? <laughs> You're going to have to walk by faith. You're going to have to get out of your comfort zone for it to come to pass. Because when God gets involved, your dream's got to be bigger than you. And when God gets involved, it's a supernatural thing, which is a faith thing, which is activated by faith. That's how we bought that house that we're living in. Yeah, my house payment more than doubled. My house payment more than doubled. Guess what my income did? Stayed the same. But, but God, that's it, Elder Sandra. But God said, that's it. That's the house. 
Was it easy? No, it was not. It was hard enough, so even though God gave us that house, said that's it, it was hard enough at one time, we put it back on the market and tried to sell it. Okay, now y'all learning some stuff. Yes, we put it back on the market and tried to get rid of it. Nobody even come and looked at it. <laughs> and it's like, God said this is your house. Live in it. Even though it was tough for a while. Tough enough that we tried to sell it and God wouldn't let it sell. So I know what I'm talking about when I tell you, you're going to be stretched. You're going to have to walk by faith. You're going to have to trust him. This is the same house that we was at the Marcerillo conference. And he told me to sell my house payment. The same house. I'm sitting there and, he, and they're taking up the offering and I just feel it in my spirit. I just hear it. Give your house payment. You know, I had some money set aside, taken out every month, going into an account. This is bill money. The house payment is in there. And God says, I want that. Huh? He says, I want that. Right there. I told my wife. Did I give it right then? No. I'm, I'm working this in my mind. There is no way I can do this. So I didn't sew it there at the conference. I come home. About a month later, my wife asked me, says, have you, she don't have a problem with that. She asked, says, have you sewn your house payment, the house payment yet? I said, no. She didn't say nothing else. Next month, have you sewn your house, this house payment yet? No. It took me three months to get up the courage to sew that house payment. Because I knew what my bills were. I knew what my income was. I sold the house payment and never missed it. Made the house payment. And I can, to this day, I cannot tell you, because I wasn't one that worked overtime. They couldn't, they couldn't keep me out at the mill. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, get, I didn't work overtime to make it up, is what I'm saying. But I cannot tell you how it took place, but it did. I sold that house payment, made that house payment. God stepped in. That's what it means to dream big. It's got to be big enough for God to get involved in it because it's he, when he gets involved, the supernatural gets involved. If it's not supernatural, if some, 
something supernatural is not taking place, then God's not working in it. That's a pretty bold thing to say, I guess, but he's a supernatural God. If I can make it happen, then why does he have to put his hand to it? If I can't make it happen, that's when he gets to show out. That's who we represent. That's who we represent. That's what being an ambassador is. That's what walking by faith is. When Moses parted the Red Sea, what did he do? He prayed, God, you see all these people, they're complaining. They're, there's like over a million people, and they're complaining. They're probably wanting to hurt him. You know, he just led them out of, the, out of Egypt up against the sea that they can't get through, and the army is coming. And he turns to God and says, God, okay, what, what, what you going to do here? And God looks at, speaks to Moses and says, you, you do something. You lift the rod up. You lift the rod up and tell the people to walk forward. Tell a million people to walk into the Red Sea. Uh, that's your solution, God. That's your solution? Lift my rod up and tell these people to walk into this sea? That's what he told them. That's what Moses told them. He lifted his rod up and told them to march forward. And the sea parted says that a wind come and blew all night long and just parted the sea. Supernatural stepped in because it was bigger than Moses. A whole lot bigger than Moses. Hallelujah. That's the Jesus that we represent. That's the Jesus that we are to be ambassadors for. Hallelujah. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. This, this scripture right here tells us how we, how we learn to walk in the supernatural. This, but we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Every time we come into the presence of God, every time He challenges us to step out of our comfort zone, we are, and we do so, we are changed. We become more like him. We become more like him. When we step out into the supernatural, we become more like him. That's what it means being changed from glory to glory. Yeah, we change from glory to glory when we get up here on the altar 
and we lay our lives down on the altar, that's being changed from glory to glory. Every encounter, every encounter we have with the Holy Spirit and we allow God to do something in us, we are changed from glory to glory. You could say we're changed from every encounter with God to every encounter. Pastor Dennis said it earlier today. It, it all hinges on surrender. It hinges on surrender. It hinges, my house payment, for me to have that testimony hinged on me surrendering my tithe, I mean my house payment to God. It's, it hinged on that. I could have said, God, you put the extra money in there and I'll do so. The extra money would have never been there. It would have never been there. He required me to step out. That's what it means. He required me to step out. And he'll require you to step out. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. This, this, this scripture right here is, it, to me, it's just massive beyond, it's beyond comprehension, really. It says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth his son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. God, the creator of all things, is with me. He lives in me. The one that created the heavens and the earth lives in me. That one scripture there alone is enough for us to walk in victory. To know that God, the creator of everything, lives inside of me, Elder Sandy. He lives in me. That's why in Romans 8.31 it says, If God is for me, who can be against me? Who can be against me? 1 John chapter 4, verse 4 says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So who is Jesus? Jesus is the overcomer. Jesus is the overcomer. Jesus is the overcomer. He overcomes what seems impossible. He overcomes 
what has your dream held down by the enemy. He overcomes that mind that has you bound. That says this can't happen for me. He overcomes that. We have an active part to play in it. We hear his voice and obey. But that's how we overcome. Y'all know how I overcome fear of being in front of people to where it don't bother me anymore? I overcome it right there. I know the spot. I know that spot. I used to stand beside uh, Casey Peterson, young man, considerably younger than me. He'd stand in there with, during service. He'd be standing there jumping in and shouting and praising God and dancing around like this. And I'm standing there, God, I want to do that. I'm telling you, God, I want to do that. Take, take over, God. Take over. I give you permission to take over and do that and do that through me. I did that for weeks. Go home frustrated. Then one day, one day, I wore a pair of black Nike socks to church, had the little white check on them. And I was standing there, same thing. Nothing had happened. I'm standing there saying, God, take over. Take over my feet. I want to dance. I want to do what Pastor Casey's doing. Take over. And I heard it as plain as day. He said, you got your Nike socks on? Just do it. I jumped about two times and started dancing. Ended up dancing across the front. Fear broke. But I had an active part. I could still be standing right there, right now, saying, God, take over. God, take over. God, take over. And I would still be standing there. I'd be standing there till the rapture. And that's when he would take over. That's when my feet would leave the floor. But I had a dream. My dream was to Praise God like Casey Peterson. You say, that's not a big dream. If you're full of fear, it's a massive dream. But if I never did that, I would never be here. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. But I had a part to play in that. So, do you know Jesus as the overcomer? Do you know him as the overcomer? When's the last time you overcome? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When's the last time you overcome?
Let's look at Ephesians chapter 1. Chapter 1, verse 17. This is Paul. He was praying for the Ephesians. He says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. In other words, he was praying that the Ephesians know Jesus. That they know him. Not know about him, but that they know him. See, there's a difference in knowing Jesus and knowing about Jesus. There is a difference. There's a, di that's a major difference in knowing Jesus and knowing about Jesus. Verse 18 says that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of his glory of his inheritance in the saints. He's prayed that their eyes be open, that they see Jesus for who he really is. Let's see who Jesus really is. Verse 20, and he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and sat him at the right hand in the heavenly places. God set Jesus at the right hand, a place of power and authority in heaven. That's who we represent, which is far above all principalities, far above devil's here god's not jesus is not here and jesus is way above far above it's far above principalities far above all power far above anything that has might far above anything that has dominion he's far above any name that's named on this earth Named not only on this earth, but named in heaven, on this earth, and beneath this earth. And his name is not only in this world, but in the world which is to come. And he has put all things under his feet. He gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. We are the church. We corporately are the church, but individually I am the church also. And this says, tells me that I can get to the place where I have the fullness. I'm not there yet. But where I have the fullness of Jesus. What does that look like? That looks like interrupting a funeral. That's what that looks like. That looks like turning water into wine. That's what that looks like. That looks like raising people from the dead. 
That looks like walking on water. That looks like telling someone to stretch forth their hand and their arm stretch out. That looks like telling someone to get up that hadn't walked in 30 years to get up and pick up your bed and walk. That's what that looks like. But the Bible also says, he that is faithful in little will be made ruler over much. I heard a person say one time that they wanted God to use them. They wanted to just stay in the background. And then when somebody needed healing, God would call on them and they would come out and lay hands on people. They'd get healed. And it doesn't work that way. I got to be willing to pray for somebody's hurt toe first before he tells me to go lay hands on a dead person and tell them to get up. I got to be willing to pray for my headache, for somebody's headache first. There's steps to this. He that is faithful in the little. I got to be willing to dance across the front. How am I going to go pray for somebody to get healed if I'm not willing to obey in the little things? But there is a place where we operate in the fullness of Jesus. When Paul's talking about he runs the race, that's the race he's talking about. To know more of Jesus. To continually be growing and going after Jesus. To continually learn more. To continually learn to operate more in the spirit than he's ever operated. That's the race that we run. So who is Jesus? He is the triumphant son of God. Seated on God's right hand who has all power and all authority. Not a little bit. All power. He's the one that every knee shall bow to. Hallelujah. So we got to know him to be his ambassador. Let's look at Matthew 16, verse 13. Jesus even asked the question himself. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that the Son of Man am? And they said, Some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Then the next verse, he gets real personal. He says unto them, But whom Say ye that I am. He said, in other words, who do you say that I am? It doesn't matter what everybody else says about Jesus. Who do you say? What do you say about him? Who do you say he is in you? That's what matters. 
what we say about Jesus. So I'll ask you, what do you say about Jesus? Just let that run through your head. What do you say about Jesus? Do you say he is my provider? And mean it from your spirit? Do you say he is my healer and mean it? Does it come out of your spirit or just out of your head? Who do you say Jesus is? Who do you say he is? Peter, in verse 16, said, Thou art the Christ, which means the anointed, the anointed son of the living God. Peter got it right. But then look what Jesus said in verse 17. It says, Blessed. Blessed art thou, Simon, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Peter laid his mind aside and received a revelation from God of who Jesus was. He got it right. And because he got it right, then it goes on to say, well, it says blessed. When we know who Jesus is, we're blessed. There's blessings attached to knowing who Jesus is. Verse 18. And I say unto thee that thou art, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. When we know who Jesus is, the gates of hell cannot prevail against that revelation. I'll throw this in there. I was teaching... I was teaching one time about knowing Jesus, about knowing the names of Jesus. And I had a person in the Sunday school say that they knew Jesus by every name that I come up that I mentioned. And I thought, no, you don't. Because the name that you know him by is the name you live in, it's the name you operate in. I may know about him. I may know about him being Jehovah Jireh because I've read it in the word. But when I know him as Jehovah Jireh, that means it is real to me. That means it is settled in me. That means I have a revelation of it. That means I trust that name. I operate in that name. So when I know Jesus by name, that's the name that I'll operate in. I know him as a healer. That's why 
does everybody I pray for get healed? No. That don't stop me, though, because I know him as the healer. So I'm going to pray for you anyway. Hallelujah. Because I know him as the healer. says, upon this revelation of Jesus, the gates of hell shall not prevail. So if the devil is prevailing in an area, y'all listen closely. If the devil is prevailing in an area, that is an area we do not know him in. Y'all hear that? If the devil is prevailing in an area of your life, that is an area you do not really know Jesus in. Because Jesus walked in 100% victory 100% of the time. So if I know him, if I fully know him in that area, I win. Hallelujah. So we have, to, we have to face that reality, which is a good thing. We have to admit, hey, God, I'm, I, this is your name, but it is not real in my life. We have to do that. We have to be real. Say, God, I know you by this name. I know this is your name. Hallelujah. I'll just turn the volume down. Hallelujah. <laughs> but we have to get real with God and tell him, God, this is your name. You said this. This is who you are. But that is not real in my life. What is stopping it? And he would deal with it and show you what's stopping it. I know Jehovah Jireh. You know how I know Jehovah Jireh? I come to church, been coming to church, teach on tithing, teach on finances, come up here and t tell y'all you need to tithe, you need to give. The windows of heaven are going to be open. Men are going to give into your bosom. And my checkbook was in the red y'all need to know Jehovah Jireh jo Jehovah Jireh supplies all of your needs according to his riches and glory and my checkbook was in the red get overdrafts and I'm teaching it because the word said it then one day after church on a, sun on a Wednesday night I came to the altar and I told Apostle Eileen, she was a pastor then. I looked up here and I, she was on the platform and I looked up to her and I said, I've got to know Jehovah Jireh. I put up with it all I could stand. I've got to know him by this name. I got a breakthrough that night right there. Right there. 
had a judgment from my childhood that had to be broken. When it broke, it's like my checkbook was still in the red for a while. Just saying. But I knew then because that revelation of Jehovah Jireh went from my head down into my spirit. And I knew Jehovah Jireh was my provider. I knew that that red checkbook was just temporary. I was coming out of that thing. Hallelujah. So when I, I can tell you Jehovah Jireh now, because I've lived it. So who do you say Jesus is? Who do you say he is? You know, Jesus hung out with sinners. But he wasn't a sinner. He was an influencer. He influenced sinners. You know, we're, we're told to be on guard. Don't be around them. They're going to drag you down. How about I drag them up? How about I drag them up? Jesus wasn't concerned about being drugged down. He was dragging people up. He was an influencer. Do you know him as the way, the truth, and the life? Do you know him as the overcomer? Do you know him as El Shaddai, the God of more than enough? Do you know him as the healer? Do you know him as the deliverer? And do you know him as the Savior? Savior is not just saving your soul. Savior is, that's a, that's a big word. It means to heal you. It means to provide for you, deliver you, set you free, and at the end of everything, take you to heaven. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's what it means for him to be your Savior. He's not just your Savior on the day of you die or when the rapture takes place. He's your Savior from the time he, you accept him into your life into your heart he becomes your savior from that point and starts delivering you and setting you free from everything that you will let him take hold of hallelujah so who do you know him who is jesus to you that's the question if you need a breakthrough in an area we can get one today if you need to know him in an area, we can, get, we can get you there. I invite you to come. If you need to know him as Jehovah Jireh, then come on. If you need to know him as your healer, come on. If you need to know him as your savior, if you need to know him as your overcomer, because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed. In Jesus' name.